0: Hey, it's Leah. Thanks for listening. If you have comments or questions, suggestions on how to make this a better podcast, or suggestions for material, or you'd like to submit something for me to read, you can send me emails. It's leahlauder at gmail.com. That's L E A H L O U D E R at gmail.com. Okay. CHAPTER Nine. AMONG MERMAIDS AND MERMEN General Yang at once sent an officer into the camp of the enemy to restore the pin to King Chanbo. The army was then set in motion and moved forward till it reached Taishan, where the valley was exceedingly narrow, with room only for horsemen to pass in single file. Circling a wall of rock, they skirted the high bank of a river. In a long, thin line of procession, they went like fishes in a stream, till after some hundred leagues they found a fairly roomy place, and there pitched their camp and rested. The soldiers were greatly worn by thirst and could find no drinking water. There was beneath the mountain a large lake toward which they struggled, Scarcely had they tasted of it, however, than their bodies turned green, and they became dumb. Trembling seized them, and the expression of their faces grew fixed, as in death. The general was greatly distressed, and went himself to look at the lake, the water of which was green, and the depth of it beyond his power to fathom. A cold, forbidding breath seemed to issue from it, like the frosts of autumn. Then he remembered and said, this must be the place that Sim Nyoyan referred to as Pansagok. He urged those soldiers who were able to do so to dig wells. And though they dug in several hundred places, to the depth of ten keel or more, not a drop of water was to be found. The general determined at once to move his camp to another place, when suddenly the sound of drums was heard from behind the mountain. The earth shook and trembled, and the valleys echoed. Evidently, the enemy had blocked the way in this dangerous defile, and had cut off all means of retreat. Thus were the imperial forces dying of thirst, and menaced in front and the rear. The general sat in his tent, vainly thinking by what means he might extricate himself from the difficulty. In his distress and weariness, He leant on his desk and fell asleep. Suddenly, a sweet fragrance seemed to envelop the camp, and two maidens came before him. Their faces were wonderful, and he knew that if they were not fairies, they must be of a certainty disembodied spirits. Said they, We have a message from Our Lady Superior to Your Excellency, Please condescend to come with us to our lowly place of dwelling. The general asked, Pray, who is your mistress, and where does she live? They said, Our mistress is the younger daughter of the Tongzhong Dragon King. She has left the palace for a little and is living here. The general replied, But the place of residence of the Dragon King is underneath the water, and I am but a man of mortal race. By what possible law can my body descend to your depths? The maidens answered, We have spirit horses tethered outside the gate. If your excellency will but mount one of these, you will go there without trouble. The water palace is not far off, and there is no difficulty connected with the journey. Yang then followed the maidens to the entrance outside the camp and found there a score or more of servants of peculiar appearance, wearing strange dresses. They took hold of him and set him upon his horse. The creature went skimming along, its feet never touching the ground, and suddenly they were at the water palace. The palace was high, massive, and beautifully built, as a place where a king dwells should be. Guards with fish heads and beards like the whale Stood before the entrance. Several waiting maids came from within, opened the gate, and led the general to the throne room. In the hall of audience, there was a white marble seat facing south, and the maids persuaded Yang to come forward and be seated there. A silken rug covered the floor and led off toward the inner chambers. In a little, a dozen or so of waiting women accompanied a fair lady from the apartment to the left and conducted her to the center of the audience hall. Her appearance was very beautiful, and her dress more splendid than words can describe. One of the ladies came forward and said, The daughter of the Dragon King desires to meet General Yang. The general gave a start, and attempted to make his escape, but they took him by the arms and held him prisoner. While they made him bow four times before this daughter of the Dragon King, Clinking of gem ornaments made sweet music for the occasion, while the odor of soft perfume greeted the nostrils. The general invited her up to the throne seat beside him, but the dragon king's daughter declined, and instead caused a small mat to be spread on which she sat. Said he, I am but a being from among mortal men, while your ladyship is a daughter of the world of spirits." why should you prepare for me so elaborate and extravagant a reception? The Dragon King's daughter said, I am Pak Nong Pa, the youngest child of the king of Tong Chong. When I was born, my father was having an audience with God Almighty, and there he met Chang Jin In, of whom he inquired concerning my future fortune. Jin In took my birth characters and unfolded them, saying, This daughter in essence, is one of the fairies. But because of sin that she has committed, she has been sent into exile and has become your child. She will later take on human form and be the wife of a famous and gifted man. She will enjoy great riches and honor and all the delights of eye and ear. In the end, she will return to the Buddha and become a priestess of the priestesses. We dragon folk who have Merman ancestors and dwell in the midst of the sea, count it great glory to be born into human form or to arrive at the state of the fairy or the Buddha. For this we all long. My eldest sister at first became a daughter-in-law of the dragon king of Kyongsu, But because she was unhappy in her marriage, the two homes were rendered unfriendly, and she married again, Prince Yu Jin, where her relations honored her and all her attendants reverenced her. As for myself, I expect by and by to meet my appointed lord, and even to surpass my sister in glory and honor. When my father heard what jin said, he loved and prized me more than ever, and all the waiting women of the palace treated me as an angel visitor from heaven. When I grew up, Oh-hyun, the son of the dragon king of Nam-hai, who had heard of my history and attainments, asked marriage with me of my father. And because we of Tongshong are under the authority of Namhai, my father dared not refuse, but went instead and explained what Jin In had said, asking permission to withhold his consent. For this, the Dragon King, on behalf of his proud son, told my father that he had deceived him, severely reprimanded him, and became most insistent in the matter of marriage. I reasoned to myself, If I am with my parents, I shall not escape dishonor, so there is nothing else for me to do but to make my escape. This I did, breaking through thorns and briars, and taking refuge by myself in this unknown place. Here I am, living poorly and in fear, while the persecution on the part of the king of Namhai lasts. My parents said, Our daughter does not wish your son, but has run away and hidden herself. The foolish boy, however, regardless of my sufferings, gathered an army and came and tried to take me prisoner. My cries of despair moved heaven and earth, so that the waters of the lake changed and became cold as ice and dark as hell. The troops have not dared to enter it, and I have been preserved and have escaped with my life. Today, I ventured to invite Your Excellency to come to this humble home of mine. Not only to tell you how I am circumstanced, but also to consider how the imperial troops have long suffered want and lacked water. No springs appearing in the wells they dig. The work of digging and delving is a great labor. And though you dig through the whole mountain a thousand cubits and more, no water will be forthcoming. Human power is not equal to it. The original name of this lake was Chong Su Tam, Bright Water Lake. It was wonderfully sweet then, but since I have come here to live, the flavor has changed, and all who drink of it fall ill, so that the name now is Pei Yong Tam, White Dragon Lake. Since Your Excellency has accepted my invitation, my soul has found a place of dependence, like spring coming back to the shaded hill. I put myself under your care, and my life into your keeping. Your anxieties become my anxieties, so I shall use all my powers to give you aid. From now on, the flavor of the water will be sweet as formerly. No harm will come to the soldiers who drink of it, and those who are ill will recover. The general said, Now that I have heard your ladyship's words, I realize that people are mated in heaven. That the devils know of it and that the decision of the grandmother of the moon is something for which it is worth casting lots all your wishes find their complement in mine the dragon king's daughter said i have already made promise to you of this humble body but in short there are three reasons why i ought not to be mated to your excellency the first is i have not yet told my parents the second That i should accompany you only after i have changed this form of mine i still have the scales and fishy odors of the mermaid with fins that would defile my lord's presence the third reason is that the messengers of the son of nam Hai are all about spying in every nook and corner it would be sure to arouse their anger and to cause disaster and no end of trouble let your excellency retire to the camp as soon as possible destroy the enemy Win great renown, and return to the capital, singing your song of victory. Later, your servant will pick up her skirts, emerge from the waters, and follow you to your home in the great city. The general said, Though your ladyship's words are most acceptable, it seems to me that your being here is not only to preserve your own honor, but because the dragon king desired you to await my coming and to please me. Your ladyship was a fairy in your former life, and therefore you have a spiritual nature. Between men and disembodied spirits, intercourse may be carried on without wrong being done. Then why should I have any special aversion to fins and scales? Though I have no special natural gifts, still, I am under orders from his imperial majesty, with a million of troops at my command, with the wild winds for guide, and the spirit of the sea for my protector. If I can but meet this willful child of the South Sea, he will be but an insect for me to crush. If he does not at once repent and cease from his foolishness, I shall unsheathe my sword and finish him. We have met thus happily tonight. Why should we miss the opportunity to seal our happy contract? So they swore the oath of marriage and found great delight in each other. Before the day dawned fully, a sound of thunder was heard, so that the crystal palace shook and trembled. Then the daughter of the dragon king gave a start and arose, while the palace women, in intense excitement, came to her and said that a fearful disaster had overtaken them. The crown prince of Namhai had brought a vast army to the foot of the hills, had pitched his camp, and now demanded that they try the fierce odds of battle. The general, in anger, said, Mad creature? How can he dare so to venture? He shook his sleeves and arose, sprang forth to the shores of the waters, where he found that the Namhai soldiers were already encircling the walls of the Pekyong Tam with a wild clamor of noise and causing noxious odors to arise on all sides. The so-called Prince Imperial, on horseback, rode swiftly out of the camp and shouted, Who are you who would dare to steal another man's wife? I swear I will no longer live on the same earth with you. The general mounted his charger, laughed, and said, The daughter of the dragon king of Tongzhong and I have been mated to one another from a former existence, and it is so recorded in the palace of the great god, as Jinin well knoweth. I am but carrying out the will of heaven, and doing as I have been directed." Condemptible creature of merman like you, dare to affront me thus. He commanded his troops to form an order and to advance the attack. The Prince Imperial, in fury, called together all the fishes of the sea. A carp, the general of the forces, a turtle, his chief of staff. He aroused them to a pitch of wild enthusiasm, so they advanced with unexampled bravery. The general met them by a counter attack and raised aloft his white stone whip. In a moment, thousands and tens of thousands were crushed beneath the blow. Pulverized scales and fins bedewed the earth. The prince himself received two or three spear thrusts, so that power to metamorphose departed from him. And finally, he was captured, taken prisoner, bound and brought before the charger of the general. Greatly pleased, Yang sounded a bugle call to his troops to retire. When the gate guards brought him word, saying, The lady of Pekyongtam Tam is now before the camp entrance and wishes to congratulate your excellency on so great a victory, courtiers were sent forth to show her in. She presented her distinguished compliments and added a thousand measures of wine and ten thousand head of cattle to feast the soldiers. They ate to the full, and were a hundred times more than ever incited to deeds of bravery. General Yang then sat side by side with the daughter of the Dragon King, and ordered that the Prince Imperial of Nam Hai be brought before them. In a commanding voice, he addressed him thus. I am under orders from the Emperor to beat down rebellion in all quarters of the state, and to put far from us devils who disobey Imperial commands You, however, a little child, ignorant of what is right, desire to oppose the troops, and thus to die by suicide. I have a sword, called Yu Song Sang, the same sharp knife with which I killed the king of Kyung Hai. With it, I ought to cut off your head to prove the truth of my words. But your dwelling in Nam Hai gives reign to a wide world of men, and is for that reason deserving of merit. I shall therefore forgive you, Cease from your past evil ways, and do not sin any more against this woman. So he sent him off. The prince was so overcome that he was unable to draw a long breath. He bowed low and ran for his life, like a rat that desires to hide itself. Suddenly, a bright light arose from the southeast, and a red cloud shone forth that sparkled with variegated colors. Flags and battle-axe insignia became visible in the upper air, and an angel dressed in scarlet bowed low and said, The Dragon King of Tongzhong, learning that General Yang had scattered the troops of Namhai and saved the princess from dishonor, desired to come himself to the camp and offer his congratulations. But being held by his office and unable to leave of his own free will, he has arranged instead a great feast in honor of the general, and now invites him to come. Please, will your excellency condescend to follow me? He commands also that the princess attend us. General Yang said, Although the enemy is driven off, they still have their camp close by. Tongzhong is thousands of miles from here. It would take many days to go and come. How can one thus in command of troops go so far away? The angel said, The light dragons are hitched to the sky wagon and are ready. Half a day will be quite sufficient for you to go and return.